What's up, everyone? I'm Shafi Malik, and you're listening to the Who Dropped the Popcorn podcast. The premise is simple. One of us picks a film that we know none of the others have seen. The rest of the group watch the film, and we get here to discuss it. Joining me tonight is Dave McHugh. Who's the black private dick sex machine to all the chicks? Kyle. <laughs> Andy Newlands. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack jump over the candlestick. <laughs> and all the way from the somewhat north of England, Kyle Hammond. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Oh, very good. Here's your warning, <laughs> we'll be going into heavy spoilers. This episode's choice is Kyle's. Kyle has chosen mid-90s, written and directed by Jonah Hill and released in 2018. It follows Stevie, a 13-year-old in 1990s-era Los Angeles, who spends his summer navigating between his troubled home life and a group of new friends that he meets at a Motor Avenue skate shop. Kyle, why did you pick this film? I watched it and I liked it, and I thought you guys would like it too. Boring, I know, sorry, but yeah. I just... No, that's, that's the best idea I've ever had. Yeah. That's it. You liked a film you thought your friends would enjoy. Lovely. We're of that age, aren't we? So we were born 82, 83. That's what I was going to bring up, yeah. Mid-90s is our era. But obviously, you're the hip-hop boy, you know, grinding down the streets of LA listening to hip-hop. <laughs> Whereas Nunes was into his house and whatever, and Dave and I, Dave, mm. Dave was into his hip-hop, but Dave and I were more into our Britpop and stuff. Yeah. That's our era, though, isn't it? 90s. To the max. Just a little background to anyone listening to this. So... We are all of the same age, all went to school together. And Jonah Hill is a year younger than us. So whatever era he's referring to, and I don't think they specifically refer to a year, but whatever year he's referring to, we would have been a similar age. Um, Andy, would you care to recap this film? This is one of the greatest films <laughs> I have ever seen. It is unbelievably good. and. Oh my God, I cannot tell you how much I got out of this film. I'm not, I'm not going to go into this now uh, in the intro, but my God, if you're nearly 40 years old now, you should be able to see a little bit of you in every single character in this movie. It is unbelievable. But at a basic level, there is um, a young 13-year-old boy who's having a a fairly tough time at home. He's got an older brother that's physically abusive and a, and a mother that's clearly had some some issues and kind of to escape and, you know, to, to find himself, if you want to use that phrase. He, he begins spending time with a mostly older group of uh, skateboarders. And this is, I think it's Los Angeles in, in the 90s. Um, and I guess on top of this, you could kind of say it's a coming of age. Like lots of stuff happens to this kid. You know, he's introduced to uh, yeah, swearing and smoking and sex and hanging out with guys and finding his role, um, standing up for, for himself. It's, it's just a fucking hell. It's so good, this film. Like I knew I would love this film from the very beginning where it's like panning in the duvet is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's kind of it. It's, it sounds, maybe that sounds boring, but it, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this film. Um, you this, didn't mention this, the skateboard. Yeah. 
yeah so these so the, so obviously like sorry he the, this older group of skateboarders that i was talking about he like you know f finds friendship through them so a lot of the film is obviously based around skateboarding so lots of discussions about skateboarding and um his love for skateboards and insanely cool shots of him skating down uh the road and in parks and th these mad like little skate parties where people are just mm -hmm. hanging out just just it's a mad. scene like yeah, I, I guess that's the right word. It's, it's like a, it's a scene, like you know, like a rave scene, a drug scene, a skate scene, whatever it may be. But it's just, it's a man. I actually, I'm, this is fucking insane. I'm going to say this, but I think this is a masterpiece. It, it I enjoyed it for so yep. many different reasons, and I'll, I'll talk about that sort of as the podcast, uh, as the episode goes on. But um, yeah, Kyle, you blow me away with this. I haven't seen. I don't. So for those of you listening, I'm kind of the average man on this. I watch some film, you know, I'll watch Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and then I'll watch, some, you know, I, I'm just a bellend who likes watching <laughs> mad stuff. But so I don't know what indie films are. You probably can't class this as an indie film. But for me, this is kind of out there on the air. I would never watch a film like this uh, without somebody saying, look, come and watch this. I thought that about that mad bastard Hindi cow film as well. And that, and that was one of the greatest films of all time. Mm -hmm. So, um if you're following this, I hope you are getting as much out of these films as I am, because this is hands down the fucking greatest film about my generation. Um, and I'm just a middle class white guy from Jersey. So the fact that I can relate to a 13 year old motherfucking skater from Los Angeles speaks <laughs> volumes about this film. So that's it in a, in a nutshell. Um, kudos, mate. I, this might be this might be the best film we've watched so far. Kyle, uh, where did you first hear about this film? Like Jonah Hill on Instagram, so years ago, he was posting about the making of it and stuff. It'd been on my list for ages, and it just randomly saw it on Netflix one day. And it's my list, and to be honest, it sat on my list for about a year uh, before I finally got around to watching it. And then it was like, when I watched it, it was like a mad dash texting you guys saying, Dave, can we swap places in the group, please? Because you need to watch this film. So I think I gave you four days or five days to watch it, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. So, something that, um, I thought about is within our sort of school year, there weren't any sort of well-known hardcore skaters in our year, right? Because for those sort of listening, we um, we were raised Whoa. up in we were raised Whoa. up in Jersey, and there were surfers, and I think surfers would casually skate, but who were the hardcore skaters in our year? Me, Kyle, and JP at the Canavay. Wasn't skateboards though, it was rollerblades and Luke Robinson. Me and me and Austin Dix used to skateboard around uh, the mean streets of Springfield. <laughs> That's pretty gangster. <laughs> Were you skating all the time though? Probably one summer I did quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't very good. Like, there's a scene in the film where Stevie um, Sunburn finally does an ollie. I was never good enough to do an ollie. I just went down a hill and I was like, oh, well, I went down a hill, amazing. It's because your eclipse jeans were too long. <laughs> Austin was really good, like, but I think probably best in was Dotson, wasn't it? But Dotson was mainly known as a surfer. A lot of the surfers, like, there was a there's a big surf culture where where we were raised up, and and a lot of the surfers would casually skate. Am I right yeah. in saying that, Dave? Yeah, yes. their, their love their love was surfing and and skating. I guess provides you with something that you can do similarly if you can't get down to the beach. But yeah, there was the surfing culture feel, feels very simple. Well, felt very similar to to that. 
if you think of St. Juan's and the Splash and well, I used Hunt to hang Mac out with a load of these Mad guys Pen. and yeah. that that the whole film for me like so much of it was this my memories of hanging out with those guys from St. Juan's for two or three years just exactly the same sort of characters like I'm so uncool it's unbelievable I'm just such a geek I was such a geek I'm so annoyed with myself Pause. Delete. So you, you're regretting that you didn't you didn't skate when you were a kid. Not skate. I don't really. I think that's a bit American. Yeah, but you were in the pubs. You were in the, the corner. Nah, but this is more like when we were sort of 13, 14. I just yeah. You were yeah, in the pubs when you were fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were in there. Yeah, because I was like six foot one back then. But it's just like I don't know. I kind of just wish. Yeah, just a bit more sort of hanging about. and If anyone was the geek at school, it'd be me. So let's... Uh, what Dave's no saying is, Dave regrets spending no. 100 hours playing uh, Mario 64 in my house. He'd rather been out uh, <laughs> fingering girls. <laughs> playing Mario 64 and listening to the Space album is fucking <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very good. Yeah, no, I, I, like, skateboarding never appealed to me. I, I never, ever wanted to do it. I don't know why. So I used to skateboard. None of you will know this, but I used to skateboard at university. So me and my uh, this, the biggest legend, yeah. So me and this guy called Vince. He's the coolest. Got a big, strong black guy. Like loved, love him to death. He works for NASA now. We uh, went into Harrods and spent like three, four hundred pounds on skateboards. Yeah, he works for NASA in the media department, and he's the oh. biggest stoner you've ever met. Like so, yeah. So we we used to go to uh, We're all spaced out. The the supermarket car parks and, and skate. Uh, like <laughs> Kyle, I never got to do an Ollie, but honestly, this this film just transported me back. Uh, Andy, sort of following on from the fact that your mate was a black guy who was skating, one of my favourite scenes in the film is uh, Jared Carmichael as the security guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, sees, <laughs> who sees, like, uh, what's, what's the... Um, uh, What's the the guy who's like pretty much the leader? He's like, um, Ray. He, yeah, he's he's Raying us. Why are you black? Why why are you skating? Yeah, Show yeah. up, motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, and then like but the other guy says the N word. He's like, you can't say that word. It's a small word. He goes, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really that was real light. Nice scene, wasn't it? It was really funny. That scene it was really, really well written. It's just mad. Yeah, because yeah, with yeah. with what's sort of going on in the media and stuff, like just hearing the N word constantly in the film, it's kind of like whoa. It really, it's just weird now. It's, I'm just like whoa. That, that hearing that word all the time, regardless of who's saying it, there's just something that really cuts me at the minute. But then uh, also they have like a conversation. I think it's like one of the earlier scenes when they talk about. White pe- white people and like their love for pets, and, uh, uh, <laughs> which and I was I was watching it thinking that's right they 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 do white yeah, people small. do like treat treat like pets pets like a family member and 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 also I was watching hey Brian I rewatched the scene where he his mum sort of chastises his friends you know she she goes into the skate shop and starts starts having a go at them and then. They go back into the car and um, and Stevie starts like um, oh my God, having a yeah. go at his mum and starts saying, you know, he's like, shut up, shut yeah. the fuck up. And I, I, I re-watched that on YouTube and I'm so glad all the YouTube comments 
felt the same way that I was. It was like that if I said anything to my parents, like like you wouldn't even think about like even saying anything, like raising your voice at your parents. And I think that's I think possibly that is a because I'm not going to mention any names, but there there'd be times where I'd go over to my white friend's house. They would sort of like have a go at their their parents and stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, "Geez, they, yeah. you're talking, you're getting away with talking to your parents like that." Type that into YouTube later, Shafi. Chris Rock on white people parenting. So he basically says that, like, well, like, no, that's just... a, that's a bit in um, Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Jesus Christ, mom, shit, I'm doing it as I can, mom. Come on, Jesus Christ. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and and then I he said, that, my dad would just be like. <laughs> Yeah, he gets shot them. They would just shoot them. Yeah. Also, you're a man now, motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That yeah, it's a bit. It's interesting that you that this film doesn't have any. You know, you wouldn't think race is a sort of subject area that it sort of covers, but it made me think about race a bit. Oh, me all. too, mate. But yeah, it's not. It's not, it's not really part of it. It's a, it's a very small part It's of probably it. only that one scene and then the scene where he gets a nickname Sunburn when they're asking him if he yeah. gets Sunburn. That's probably the only two scenes really that, that deal with that. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I feel that this was an unbelievably good film. It really was amazing. And, yeah, believe me, way, actually, I was really, really impressed. Like, and that shot when they're skating down that road with the sort of skate bit for skaters, I guess, in the middle of it was just... Just unbelievable. I could watch that Morrissey song, over. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Shuffy's favourite artist, Morrissey. <laughs> One of the most sort of impressive things about the film was I was sort of worried when it was, it says it's written and directed by Jonah Hill. I was expecting possibly the the dialogue and the like dr- drama to be sort of forced. And, you know, but I think the dialogue sort of, it's very, it feels very naturalistic and they're talking like kids, kids would. If it was written and directed like it as a studio movie, then you would you would sort of hear them kind of talk about, yo, man, I'm sorry. The, 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 you know, the, you didn't, they didn't do that. They just sort of sit there and sort of silence and you can tell like their silence means means everything. Well, you know, that sort of, that says everything rather than, you know, and I think the way the, the kid articulates himself feels more real than, than anything, to be honest. The consistency with each character is incredible. It's like, I just, I just don't get how people can write like that that well. Like, to be so consistent, so on the money with everything that character says, what they do, it's just incredible. It's like, it's like Charles Dickens-esque. What I was impressed with was that the guy that plays Ray, Nakel Smith, his name, he's not even an actor. He's a skateboarder yeah. and a rapper. Yeah, he's done some stuff for Odd Future. Wow, he was brilliant. Like the scene where he talks about his brother dying and stuff. I was like, this fucking this guy's never really acted and does this amazing scene where he talks about how his brother dies. It's like it's off the chain. Like, round of applause to that guy. Is there any chance that actually happened? Uh, no idea. Don't know. Sorry. I think a lot of it, Jonah Hill's own experience, and he said that. All he wanted to do was just recreate the feelings he had during during the age. So he didn't, his older brother, you know, didn't abuse him. And, he, you know, he's got two parents and he's got a sister as well. His sister's in book smart. So. Yeah, it's, it's all got to do with. So, you know, uh, book smart? Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen that? You know, yeah, yeah. the, um, it's one of the two girls out of book smart. 
Oh, you'll, yeah, you'll be able to figure like, out because yeah, they look quite like similar. Yeah, 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 I yeah, didn't know yeah. his sister. She's not got the same name. No, no, they don't. No. Yeah, because I can't imagine Jonah Hill's childhood being like that at all. I actually thought he was from New York. I don't know why. I think he is from LA. I think. Is he from like Hollywood area or? Yeah, he he said that he like every character feels like sort of a part of him. So it's really about sort of recreating the feelings he had during during that age and you know the one of the main thrusts of it was it's about a kid that wanted to find a family outside of his own family which is what he was doing that's why he started skating because you know he wanted to have a group of friends away because he just didn't really fit in anywhere he's openly said as well that he was influenced by this is england didn't he yeah yeah i saw it yeah i was watching i was you know i was just popped in and was like, yeah, this is very much like this is England. I'm waiting for the dark twist at the end. Obviously, there was like a, a dark turn of events, but obviously not as dark as this is England. I did get a bit angry at one point because, well, that ending, because fuck shit, like he, he's fucked up. He crushes the car. Then he's just sat there with him at the end. He would have been arrested, surely. Probably would have, wouldn't he? Have? Maybe not in like 1994. Yeah, that was my one, my one criticism. It was like that made no sense. Well, not not necessarily in 1994, man. Like, seriously. Well, drink driving. Yeah, if no one got hurt or anything, it's kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah, but you've got to be 21 to drink over there, don't you? How, how old was, how old is fuck shit? Like 17. They probably weren't, yeah, they probably, they probably weren't even 18, right? So that's yeah, no, because he's a minor as well, really got away with it. I mean, I, I don't know why he's done it, because he wanted, he wanted to, the jovial ending and them all to be together yeah threw me from the film a bit that was the only kind of criticism i've really got yeah i to- totally agree in the 80s the lead singer from motley Crue was driving crashed the, the passenger died he got 30 days in jail that's all because wow. it was just it was just back then it was just like you know technically you you've you've got into a car with someone you know is pissed so you are to blame and it, you know back in those days it's just mad. Like, it was just, oh, it was just one of those things, you know. Isn't Kyle's point that he would have been in, no matter what he would have ended up being charged with, he would have been in custody of the police. But I guess it depends on how they crashed, right? I mean, if they crashed in a ditch where no one would have noticed, then possibly... Yeah. No, but the ambulance would have come there, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess, but then the police, yeah, then the, yeah. the hospital may, may have sort of called the police at that time. So. You know, in, in LA and stuff, it- Back then, it was just nuts, man. It was, it's a car crash with four kids. Maybe no, maybe nothing did. I think happen. the point is though, you've got to. This is the only bit of the film you have to kind of question because I was totally immersed in this film. Yeah, there's one and other then bit. That as well. bit. What's the other bit? Because I'm not agreeing with you. I forgot. Right. So, Stevie's like sex, whatever scene. So yeah. When mm. they filmed it, he was 11, and the girl, her name Este, um, Alexa Demi, she was 28. What? Yeah, so what? that's like, yeah, in real life she was 28. So you've got an 11-year-old kid who's like kissing a 28-year-old. I mean, I think in the, in the film, I think it's probably he, she took advantage of him in the film, but in real life, that's still a bit fucked up, isn't it? Like, even though it's acting, it's still not on. Oh, yeah, because I, I didn't, I, I was really uncomfortable. I, I didn't get why that needed to be filmed. It could have just been, they could have held hands and gone into the room. I know it, I know the film was hyper-realistic, but yeah, that, that did seem a bit, Fucking fucked up when I was watching. I was like, "What the That's hell?" That's why I asked you about kids, Shuffy, because obviously kids is all just a bit fucking 
when Jonah Hill explained it, I didn't realise she was that old. Because Neither did I. He didn't mention how old she was. He went... Apparently, she's been lying about her age for years. And it's only, like, the last few years, because she's been in some other things since, that she's actually come out and said, no, I'm, I'm 31, I'm not 22 or whatever. I thought she was 17, oh, so that's, max. That's why he sort of skipped over saying how old how old she was, because he, he goes... He, in that interview, he says that uh, Sonny is 11 years old, and, and he said, and, um, and the, the actress that play, plays that character is a bit older. He didn't actually sort of specify how old oh, she okay. was. But Three times as I old. I think Jonah Hill wanted to show that. He said that he wanted to show that the, the currency of sex, so like, you know, for them, for that kid, he was in that room. He's sort of very nervous, and you know he's very quiet. But then when he comes comes out and he sort of brags it to his mates, you know it's really sort of a currency of you know um, yeah. mm-hmm. of of like advancing you know with with you know with your friends. Doesn't they have sex? No, I thought it was just sort of you know. He says he fingered her, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like... Yeah, whatever they end up doing. <laughs> uh, should we talk about the brother? Yeah, quite a lot to talk about there. Lucas Hedges. One thing that I, I, you, I guess we would have to sort of rewatch the scene together to because I, something I didn't really fully understand was Stevie get gets home from being from this party and he's sort of all all drunk and fucked up and then he ends up attacking his his brother and then his brother chases him around the house and then it's weird like he. Uh, Stevie takes something from the fridge and then keeps him running. And then uh, then his brother sort of gets on top of him and starts uh, beating him down. But then, like, he, he starts sort of, like, then his older brother, like, covers his eyes and starts crying. So is that just a realisation of what he's doing? Or is it just... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love so, yeah. to comment on that. So it's kind of... He's talking to him earlier. We're saying mum wasn't always like this. Before we were around, mum used to smoke because he says oh you smoke now didn't he when before you were around mum used to smoke and there's a lot of different guys around so it's kind of implied that obviously he's a bit of a shit shit mum so his, his upbringing was probably a bit rough where which is probably why he's the dick he is and i think that yeah when he when he starts because when he beats him up in the bed before he's like hitting him in the body isn't he but when he's got him that yeah. time he hits him in the face and then he he realizes what he's done and he breaks down saying i don't want to be like this kind of thing um but there's actually a cool analogy that they use in the film that um so at the very beginning, he's when um, he wants to go into his room, he says to him, "Don't don't drink my orange juice." And in that scene there, he steals his orange oh, juice. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, like yeah. saying, "Look, I'm the big man. I can steal your orange juice." But then at the end, when he's in hospital, he takes yeah, some orange juice and gives it yeah. to him. So that's probably like an acceptance, saying, "Yeah, you're okay now. You can." Oh wow, I missed all. that. I didn't even think about that. I didn't. That seems very obvious now. Now that you're pointing out, but I thought his brother might have been even jealous. As mad as it sounds, like Jesus, my younger brother's cooler than me. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. I think he's, uh, this rumors on Reddit as well that his brother's gay. And when he calls him, they like, calls him the f words. He gets all triggered, and that's why he beats yeah. him. Yeah. Interesting, man. Interesting. Andy, what, what did you want to say about the brother? Yeah, no. I, basically, you just you na- nailed it there. It was just like I was essentially just going to say, like, although. On the face of it, you could come across like and just say like I think it was Ian what was his name. Yeah, it's Ian. It's yeah. just is is like a you know an asshole and all the rest of it. I think as a character, he's just he's deeply just dis- been disturbed by like his uh, 
his upbringing and then you know i don't know about you guys but i certainly had times in my teens where you just did crazy stupid stuff and you know sometimes that came through aggression physical not physical violence or anything but like i actually remembered like this is this is so ridiculous and like i i actually hope this makes you laugh but like once i was so pissed off about something i was like chasing my cat around the fucking house like trying to scare the cat <laughs> and it's ridiculous this poor cat hasn't done anything but this this anger and rage is pouring out of me at like i don't know like 14 or 15 or something this cat's done nothing and then i realized i just remember being like yeah exactly like the benny the, the, the an angry benny hill but like sometimes you just i don't know maybe it's a adolescent male trait but like um i actually felt very sorry for the guy but i loved it when they were like just sitting there playing games together and they were like opening up a little bit like that that was uh that was a really cool scene for me like because there's there's more to this guy yeah that scene opened where um he bumped into them in the street and yeah uh, that was that was great that's yeah and obviously he realized that his brother's probably cooler than him now yeah i i, I got, i'll tell you what this was insane but when i watched this movie i i fucking almost rang all of you to say that I loved you because it was, it just was, I was so glad that I had the, the group of friends that I had when I was growing up because although I'm not a skater and I'm not in Los Angeles, there was so much of this that I just, I like, like fuck shit is that bit of my personality when I went to house parties and went <laughs> insane. Fourth grader was my weird arty side where I'd be like, filming stuff with Shafi about Red Dwarf and chatting to you Carl, about crazy <laughs> films and stuff, you know, like Esty, the, 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 the girl, she's like, you know, the, the girls at Mark's house party that you'd be like getting off with. Or 28 years old. <laughs> well, not 28, but like, but <laughs> Ian, the brother, he, he was my kind of aggressive, toxic mas masculinity shit that, that came out through teenage years. Like, um, and uh, and and Ray was just sometimes when you're just nailing it, when you just have to like yeah. just be calm, cool, and nailing it. I just I thought all all of those characters together, like was well, I I know I don't think Jonah Hill meant this, but it was like a really cool way of showing all the different personality traits that a person can have through the adolescent period. I just thought this yeah. film was fucking amazing. Like, yeah, they could all be one person if they sort yeah, of just. It just yeah, it was just it was just awesome like like yeah thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this and, I, and the way you describe that um it's making me think of a film called where the wild things are and uh right next week about, let's do it <laughs> it's about a uh it's a kid that r runs away from home and then he ends up sort of living in this sort of imaginate imaginative world these different mm -hmm. monsters but these different monsters basically represent each, each bit of his personality as a kid. Oh, wow, that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And and just, sorry, just harken back to what somebody said a minute ago, like, is the the acting and the realism of this movie is, is next level. Because when mm. they're hanging out at, at the skate park, like, we've all done that, whether we've been drinking in a forest or sitting on the beach, or I, I almost felt like I was there sometimes with these guys. And, like... Yeah. Even when they were like just sitting and sitting playing that game, like you you remember doing that. And Shafi, like honestly, like I like I have exploded at my mum like that, like in my very very uh, 
young days as well like when yeah. you're just you just feel completely like rightly or wrongly probably wrongly but smothered by your parent and you're trying you're too young to escape uh you know the the uh the apron strings but you think you know you think you're a big man at 13 or 14 or whatever um I, I just couldn't believe how good how good this film was and how well it represented like different times that I reckon a lot of adolescents experience even though these guys are on the other side of the world like uh in Los Angeles I, I, I just relate it to, to so much and just just the f- mad like the conversations they have just about oh wouldn't it be cool to be a skater and mm. you know fourth grade mm. are filming things and like just seeing the younger kids like nervous and trying to be cool and smoking and like even the mad yeah. things like when he gets home and he's like spraying himself with like whatever their version <laughs> of links is and you know scrubbing <laughs> his tongue i remember doing that at youth yeah, clubs time, and yeah. stuff like i just i was really really surprised how similar the like experience was set up on screen as to like what i experienced it was um and a close-knit friendship as well i've got a quick game then andy since okay. you're talking about it we'll let you uh you do the game so out of us four oh, wow. who would we each be of the characters oh <laughs> cheeky oh my god <laughs> this is gonna get this is gonna get awful. don't just say <laughs> that shafi is uh ray because he's got um not quite well, funny you say that i don't obviously i, I am ray I don't mm. think anyone else could be. Yeah, well, Shafi would have to be Ray. Because he's <laughs> the leader of the podcast. Yeah, oh, look, just, here we go. Like, Dave's the first one to object there. No, just because Shafi's always on the left. Like... <laughs> Dave, you're the mum. <laughs> it's fine by me. Dave's fuck shit, surely. Come on. <laughs> no, he's not. There's no way he's cool as fuck. His fuck shit was funny. Dave's kind of if fourth grader had sex with fuck shit and then, <laughs> and then the trials that came out would be smart and out. Oh, Kyle, I don't know. You're the, the other ones. You're too cool. You're too cool. Don't to make be me Ruben. Ruben. Please don't make me Ruben. I'm no, you can't. You know that's what I mean. You can't. You can't be Ruben. That, that's what I'm doing. That's Mike. I think you'd be yeah. like maybe the security guards, just like keeping it keeping it on the fucking down low. Like, oh, I wish like, was funny. Though. Or maybe. Maybe one of those um, black dudes that Ray goes and speaks to in the skate park and like. Oh, I love Ruben that gets... scene. Right, I yeah. absolutely love that scene. Yeah. But no, yeah, I think closest character wise is. Why couldn't we have done this game when after we watched The Avengers and decided who was which, <laughs> who was which Avenger? Fucking <laughs> hell. Or Blood Simple. Fucking mm-hmm. hell. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. Cool. Uh, if, if 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 you're out there and you haven't watched this film, please watch yeah, it. it. Doesn't matter just where you're it. from. I can't believe I didn't. I didn't know about it. I had no I idea. Know. I had no idea Jonah Hill even directed a film like that, written and directed. I've just I've never watched a film that has like 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 put on screen a, a situation or or a scenario. Like, I've never been to Los Angeles. I've never skated like that or whatever. But I felt I'd lived it. Because I had in a in a in an English way, like if that makes sense. It's really, really, really impressive, isn't it? It like transcend. It's not. It's like I've I've lived the the Jersey Channel Islands uh, mm. scene. Like that film 
what is just my life in America. If I were, I could see myself being in that group. Like, it's just, it's just fucking tremendous. Like, I'm actually blown away by how good this was. I could never see myself sort of falling into that sort of a crew and stuff, especially when I was younger. It just, it just wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. But I, I, for some reason, I still feel it's relatable. But I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not relatable. It's just the fact that it feels so hyper realistic. It's almost like you were just watching watching them. You yeah. were another kid. You were like a fifth kid that just sort of was nearby watching them. It just felt it just felt so real. And that's what I loved about it. It just felt so real. Do you think that realism was helped by the the, the fact it was film and four three rather than digital sixteen nine kind of I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For me, it was really dark in places. I had to turn the brightness like max on my telly because I couldn't really see what was going oh, really? on. That was, yeah, and it's like criticism, but I thought it oh, added wow. to the the hyper realistically. Yeah, yeah, it just it was just yeah, it was incredible. And even to then actually switch to like what the camera would have been back in the day, a handheld camera quality. Yeah, I, I just yeah, yeah. I, I can't describe it, but I just I know that's the thing. It's so I, unique. I can't it's just it's so unique. I, I, I don't know what it was. It just felt... Because it like sometimes it's like a documentary, like just for seconds here and there, and then it's like... Yeah. It's just it's just weird, because nothing happens really, does it? Nothing really happens. That's the thing. That's the it's thing. Just so, it's just it's so good. It's just like, wow. Uh, Jonah Hill said that in, in that final scene is basically the, the last scene where before they all split up because yeah. he says it's, it's obvious that Ray and fuck shit are going, are going in different directions. And, yeah. um, you know, it's basically that them in that hospital room is the last time they're basically together. So that's, that's why I almost burst into tears and was going to mm. call you all. Cause so, I... so yeah, it shows basically that if anyone, you know, about kind of what the beginning, middle and end of this film is, it's basically the formation of a, well, someone kind of going into a kind of a friendship group and then that that group sort of splitting apart. What did you think of the film, Shafi? We don't really ask you normally. No, I thought I, that's what I, th- I thought was really, what was really good was that it, it didn't pander to, you know, kid, the kids talked like kids, basically. You know, yeah, there were yeah. no big monologue where a kid goes, oh, you know, you know he sort of apologises to his mum and says, I'm sorry, I've been da 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 and all that stuff. And you know what? I, I was going to sort of go on this rant, but I don't really, really want it because I think sort of be, be positive about, talk about positive things about this film. And, uh, but I think that was my trepidation because, so Jonah Hill has been in films directed by uh, Judd Apatow and Judd Apatow is, uh, I feel his films are full of that artifice where it feels like they have to, like there, there has to be a certain structure of the story and, it always seems that in even the notes that even so another sort of protege of of um of Judd Apatow's Seth Rogen even his films they feel like um they sort of have to f- uh, fit a structure where there's two friends or, or whatever mm. there's two people they've got a relationship at the beginning of the film they end up break they break out end up breaking apart but then they and they get back together again and it's sort of yeah. it's part of the joke about calling it a bromance and Jonah Hill wrote um the 20 the the Jump Street films and um in a way it's sort of used as a as a as a joke the whole bromance part but it, it does really feel like the hand 
like the unseen hand of like story structure kind of dictates how those films go go you know and it feels slightly cringy when where when um you know these characters have to sort of make up at the end where you know, this, as I said, this film doesn't really have that. It doesn't, you know, they don't have to say, oh, I'm sorry I did this, or I'm sorry I, I sort of started a fight on you, whatever. No, you just give it some orange juice instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, I, the things that are unsaid say a lot more, to be honest, and mm. I think that's why, what really impressed me, I think. Fuck, that was quality, what you said there. What was the, um, what was the song that was on uh, the very, where they show the film at the end? That's passing me by by far side. To be honest, that was the one moment I felt did feel like there was a bit of artifice in it. It felt like things were sort of, you know, tied up in a nice bow, sort of like a little cherry on top. I felt like it didn't really need that little um I know I know it's it's neat, it's slick to end it on that point regarding the video that they watched. But you know, I, I think that was the one point where it felt like, oh, we've got to tie things up and this is how we're gonna tie it up. I still think it was nice they did that. It, it, yeah, it, it did come out of nowhere for me, but I, I did, to us, I, I quite liked it. But it did seem like it just, oh, that's it. It was the end credits. Because it's quite, it's quite a short film as well, isn't it? It's not long. That's Welsh. Yeah. But it's good. I'm glad it was short. It's, it's interesting the fact that fourth grade, they say he's like the poorest uh, kid, but then, like, how was he able to get hold of ed- editing equipment and all that stuff <laughs> to put that together? <laughs> AV club at school, man. Yeah. Oh, it's some holidays, though, isn't it? Please just break here. Go on, then, shall we talk about some more hip hop? Because I know Johnny Hill said this is his <laughs> ode to nineties hip hop, isn't he? Well, yeah. What What was everyone's musical highlights of uh, of this film? I think for me, it's probably Big L's "Put It On" because I love oh, that track. Wow, my, me too. I was literally wow. Yeah, Big L. I love that album. That's amazing. Eight that is enough. Amazing album. Favorite track from that. I love that song. Dave got me into that. About a year ago, just sent me a random playlist. I'm like, who's this big girl? I've never heard of him. Big girl, rest in peace. For me, it was the... I said it to Dave earlier, actually. The scene where they jumped the roof. Um, it's a band I've never heard of called Amiga. It's like a 60s Hungarian Yeah, yeah, band. yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. That's been... So it's all the trailers and stuff as well. And um, it's called Pearls in Her Hair, the song. But that's, that guitar riff yeah. is amazing. Like, 60s guitar riff when they're jumping over, the, uh, over that gap. I love... Yeah, like they've got two tracks from the Far Side album, Bizarre Rides, and those that whole album is just incredible. And those two albums really suit it because that album is sort of a, the cover is them on a sort of roller coaster, kind of cartoon new roller coaster, and that sort of movement I feel that sort of mirrors their wild roller coaster ride within the film and and the actual physical act of skateboarding and stuff. I just oh, those songs are great. Oh. Mm. Yes, mate. <laughs> yes, mate. That was quality. That was this. This podcast is so good now. By the way, listen to what we're saying. Wow. When you were talking about the brother, like as in uh, his relationship with his brother, well, that's that's what I used to do regarding like the the albums that I wanted to hear that my brother owned. I would wait for him to like leave the house, and then I would basically <laughs> sneak into his room and sort of just knit, like nick all all his CDs and. And sort of like you know make make tapes of them and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because around that era, I'm not sure who just explained. I think Kyle said it right at the beginning of the podcast that that you know you either into like the Britpop, the mm-hmm. sort of the guitar stuff, 
or you would, if you weren't into that, you would have to sort of search, search for something that sounded different. That era was basically when I was sort of, that, that's what Jonah Hill describes sort of what, why he's put so much hip hop into, into this film is because it, that was his relationship of being, feeling like an outsider. So he had to sort of, you know, try and sort of search for like the, the, the hip hop and, um, you know, you see those shots in, in his brother's bedroom where there's like Stretch and Bobito, you know, mixtapes and, um, you know, all of that. That was kind of like the, the mid-90s was the, the era where there were, it's, as far as like Brit, British music, the British music landscape was either, you know, um, you know, kind of guitar music, you know, mainly by white people, or like if you were a person of colour, I mean, the thing is, I, I was explaining this hold to Lizard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Skunk and Nancy had a black person. I said most. I said mostly white people. I said mostly white people. But Lizard was like, hold on, but you're not black. And I was like, no, but it doesn't it doesn't make it. And I think um, uh, there was I can't remember who said it in um, Ramesh Raganathan's podcast. He, he said that um, it doesn't matter if if you were a person of colour, you were looking for someone that you was another person of color that was making um music that was sort of just as you know um compelling uh and that's what I, that's what i was doing it's probably what jonah hill was doing because he felt like an outsider that's why he was sort of searching for hip-hop i'm i'm a middle-class white person and i was searching <laughs> and i found leftism prodigy mm-hmm. stained yeah. and uh and limp biscuit Nice. And, nice. and if you're interested, because you're 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 all leaving me out of this music section for the podcast was outrageous. My favourite song was <laughs> "Where Did You Sleep Last Night" by Nirvana. If anyone gives mm-hmm. a fuck, nice. Thanks. A, a lot of the questions that were coming to him is, "How did you come up with a music budget for this?" Because there there were some pretty big big kind of um, artists on, on the soundtrack, and he basically wrote uh, he basically wrote letters to each of the artists, kind of with a kind of meaningful letter of how, how much this song sort of meant to him in his, wow. in his sort of childhood. So he wouldn't really sort of, it wouldn't, you know, so they would just end up giving his permission. And the first person he wrote to was Morrissey. And uh, he said, and, um, and then wow. he, he didn't think that, he didn't think that Morrissey would write back, but he wrote back saying, I can't wait to check out the 90s. <laughs> <Yeah. Hitler. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> And then Morrissey uh, got together with Public Enemy and went mental. Uh, I also so, yeah, liked like Cypress Hill when the shit goes down. That was quite cool. yeah. yeah, Cypress Hill was big with skaters, right? They to they the max, were, mate. That was to the max. The stoners and, and Be- skaters. Beastie Boys like... was also big in my um, uh, my Ford. Between '94 and '99, there was just too much good music to take in. It's only now looking back, going back, listening to it that I like so much stuff from that era exactly like, i wasn't into hip-hop at all and now that's the best hip-hop definitely yeah to the max right it's just insane, well done mate. kyle very very good mate yeah really good show yeah that's that's another thing is he said that he didn't he wanted to make sure that this wasn't a nostalgia porn film and it wasn't a skateboarder porn film but definitely the, the nostalgia porn thing really winds me up in films anyway like usually when this film's set in the 80s or 90s they basically use 
that as the punchline. Like a film like The Wedding Singer, the jokes are, remember this, like, remember this, the flock of seagulls haircut. Remember, you know, where it wasn't really so in your face about the sort of era that they're in. It was, you know. I thought it was going to go that way in the opening scene when everything in the bedroom was like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that. But because they didn't Mm -hmm. sort of reference back to that, they didn't zoom in on it and all that. That, yeah. Like I agree with you that you just kind of and like little things as well. Like I love the bit where he was putting posters up. Like I remember mm. how important it was as, yeah. a, as a little boy what posters you were putting up in your. That was like a major fucking. I'm pretty sure Carl. I remember you and Shay arguing about like what put up in your room. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He didn't just do that, but he got he got a skate uh, magazine and cut out yeah. the pages and put it and which is and Dave do you remember I used to do that I used to buy the face magazine and I used to buy there was like one issue where it was like about heroes and there'd be like there, there was like a, a they would do like photography of like Muhammad Ali crazy legs oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a different superhero stuff I, I just basically cut out pages of these magazines and put them on my wall all right said Fred <laughs> Dave, do you remember you did that? I've loaded and you put Scully and Mulder up on your wall and you'd like <laughs> practice your jizzing. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Good, eh? Excellent. No, nothing wrong. I, I did it as well. I did that, no problem. Right. What was the console? Was it the Snacks? It was Super well, Nintendo. He tries to kill it? himself with it. We did we not talked about that at all, have we? The self-harm uh-huh. stuff. Oh, the asphyxiation. Mm. Well, he does yeah, it in the very beginning, he gets the brush and like rubs his leg and then he also tries to jump that gap because he doesn't care if he lives or dies and Justin yeah. obviously strangled himself, but obviously yeah, he's got some issues, hasn't he? Probably doing a podcast now. Jonah Hill, um, <laughs> said, he said that he said he said that it's it's crazy to think that these like uh, these cords would be in someone's bedroom for any kid to sort of, you know, it's be the most dangerous thing ever. Like having these sort of cords. I don't know when they yeah, sort of switched wow. to cordless. Uh, wow, cordless I was going to about that. I never thought about that. It'd be pretty difficult to hang yourself with a, a computer game controller, I think. Maybe you could do it, but I don't know. It's not very long. Maybe. I don't know. It's a bit, just two kids fighting over a game and one ends up grabbing <laughs> a cord and strangling his mate because he beat him at NBA Jam. Honestly, mate, Libby and Ethan would have done that like it's over Minecraft. It's, fuck, it's ridiculous. Fuck, I want to watch this film again right now. I'm not really too. It's gone off Netflix now, man, though. Annoying. Oh, that's a shame, man. I love the um, the shooting of uh, LA as well. Just that shot. Yeah. Man, that... Know, just going down the skateboarding down through that main road. I just can't get enough of that. I've watched that every even day. The, even the skater party where the scouts are for a, like, there's, like, yeah. the, the sun sort of shining over the kids and ESG playing in the background. It's like... Uh, you know, you know, you you just love to go to that party, even though like you can't. Do you, skate, do you remember those just... guys? Like when when us guys used to go to town and like uh, remember Chicago Rock. You know those days that it was just they they just nailed that carefree time in your life mm. where you're just yeah. out, you're hanging with your mates. Doesn't matter what you're doing. It's like it's just a. I didn't even know it at the time, but looking back, you can almost feel it when you think of a memory like that, you know, going to the cinema or just hanging out or just walking about doing silly stuff. Like, but they, they got that feeling and they just transposed it fantastically onto the screen. Well, well done, yeah. Jonah Hill. It'd be nice having nothing to do, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, this is the thing. Imagine, like, like it's fucking insane looking back, actually, at how wonderful those times were without really knowing the, the, yeah. the difficulties that laid ahead. Uh, Andy, did you mm. did you notice sort of instead of like the needle drops, did you kind of notice the, I guess, the incidental music? in the film so thank you for including me just now in the music bit but you've gone well <laughs> over my head so i'll pass you over to david kyle and uh i will i will i will learn uh at the same time as, as the listeners but thank you kyle do you have like a favorite trent reser at ross score i'm probably not as well averse as you but i can't really think of this and song and i think right. yeah i prefer this to this I mean, the main song, the start of things where that's like the beginning of the film and it's used later on and stuff, just that ambient kind of low hum and then that really nice guitar just like shimmering. It's amazing. Have they done, uh, has he done a computer game soundtrack as well? I'm sure he's he did, done a uh, He did one, you know, the film, the game Quake. Oh. I think he, I think yeah. he did like some tracks. For, yeah, that for was that sort game. of like just a bit after Doom. They're, uh, they're legends, aren't they? I think this podcast is funnier when we choose films that we don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. I think when we when we all get on and we're all on the same page, but our listeners might just fuck off. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? As well as doing the spoiler warning, I was going to give a warning saying, by the way, if you listen to last week's episode and you're a bit put off about how many wanking jokes there are, there are going to be no <laughs> wanking jokes in this in this episode. Um, but, uh, you know, but last, I think last, the last episode was the funniest one. Yeah. So this is the time of the podcast to get everyone's one word review. It's the one word review, one word review, one word review from us to you. Except for Dave, who spends 15 minutes talking about being so great. Kyle, what's your one word review? Oh, me first. Uh, oh, fuck. Um, oh, fuck shit. Rad. Nice. Yeah. Cowbunga. <laughs> Rad, do I Donatello? <laughs> Chill out, Ray. <laughs> what time's Robin Hood's <laughs> Rad, man. <laughs> Andy, what's your one word review? Uh, reflection. What? I, I had one. I had one. I, I, anyway, go on. Uh, Dave, what's your one-word review? You go first. Oh, I'll go Twenty minutes later. <laughs> uh, my my one word is connection. Oh, nice. yes! Wow, yes, Shafi. I wish I'd thought of that. You're so much better than me at everything. <laughs> hey, that's good. Your reflection sounds better, to be honest. Yeah, you. but connection is so exactly how I feel about this film. I've just got um, okay in my head, Dan. That's connected. That's connected. And Rihanna, what's your word? You look like the baby of Rihanna fucked the policeman from South Park. That's the look I'm going for. So my one word for this is that I watched Boyhood about a year ago and I really didn't enjoy it. It bored me. I didn't get it. It was three hours. It felt like they repeated one of the stories twice. I just didn't get it. But everyone seems to love it. 
and I'm wondering what I'm missing. And I think the thing about, I don't enjoy coming of age films. And I think maybe that's because I didn't come of age. I'm still very childlike. So maybe that might be a reason. And then I watched, I watched Girlhood. I watched Girlhood the other day, another coming of age movie, which I really, really enjoyed. But I still don't think I liked it as much as the rare. Don't interrupt my one word. So then, so then I really, I enjoyed Girlhood more than I did Boyhood. And I've, I, I, and, and maybe I'm beginning to understand coming of age movies. I watched Say Anything and I really enjoyed that. And I think I'm getting to a point where I understand coming of age movie. And this coming of age movie is the best coming of age movie I've ever seen. So my one word is it's the best. And I'm going to watch Boyhood again <laughs> in this new mindset. That's three words, though. It's the best. It's three words. Get with the programme, Andy. That's how he does it. My, my review of this film is, it's the best. <laughs> my, my one word is, 20 minute introduction for my one word. It's the one word. It's the best. <laughs> that's, my, that's the most mental fucking ending ever. It's well, the best. My one okay, my one word is finest. How about that? Finest. No, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. My one word is it's the best. That's great. That's great. That's what the title of this of this episode should be. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's great. Okay, so it comes to that point of the episode where we're going to be handing the baton, and this time for the next episode, Ooh. it is Dave's choice. So, oh, well, Dave, it's the best. <laughs> Dave, what is your what is your film choice What's your for one our next film? episode? And then you tell us to watch three films. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, gives us a, it gives us a whole genre of films to watch. <laughs> I've literally got no idea what Dave's going to choose, by the way. I know that I'm going to choose some car films. Yeah, it hasn't no, honestly, I know, I'm sorry, guys, there's nothing going fast, there's no spaceships, there's no balls, there's no cars, there's no skateboarding. It's so, it's no, so none of you are going to enjoy it because there's nothing going fast in it. If anything, it's a slow paced, slow burner, kind of gritty. Do you know what I mean? Like, simple, like a kind of simple... Okay, don't, 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 so, don't talk about the film. Just please, just tell us what the title of the film is. Paris, Texas. Oh my God. Do any of you know? Andy. Never uh, yeah, it. I, know, I know it, and I've seen it. Have you seen I'm it? looking it up now. Yeah. Paris, Texas. All I'm going to say is good luck, Andy. A 1984. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. Here we go. Same year as Simple. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just going to say, Andy, if you... <laughs> what is it? You've really... Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you... Paris, Texas. Paris, comma, Texas. A disheveled man who wanders out of the desert seems to have no idea who he is. When a stranger manages to contact his brother, Travis is awkwardly reunited with his sibling. Oh, God. I already hate Travis. Who the fuck? Oh, my God. It's got so it's free Harry Stanton in. The maddest bastard alive. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of a legend. He, he, that actor is a legend. Look at his cat. So all of the stills on Google Images look exactly like the stills from Blood Simple. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. Anyway, oh, okay. okay.
Because the background's the same year, 1984. So is this it? Is it, is it every four weeks I've got to watch a different version of Blood Simple from the 80s until I like it? That's what this has become now. I'm training. Okay. okay. Let's not talk about okay. Let's not talk about the film. Okay. Do they sweat cool. in right, well, the doing Blood Simple? That's a very sweaty film. It is a very sweaty film. Ah, probably. Yeah. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, that's one so... of the funniest fucking things. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so that is it. Um so that's something to look forward to for the next episode. Uh, so you've been listening to True Drop the Popcorn podcast. It's the best. Bye. <laughs> I'm just going to go find my N64 controller to strangle myself. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put my Bill Clinton mask on and jizz myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>